Holly G with the Golf Insiders. He's one of our favorites. I grabbed him off the golf course for this scintillating interview. The one, the only, past president of the Golf Writers Association of America, long-time golf writer for Sports Illustrated, and now contributor to The Morning Read. The one, the only, Gary Van Sickle. Good morning. It's great to be had by you, and I hope you hear some birds chirping in the background because I'm on a picnic table right by the practice green at a golf course that, you know, for some reason there's nobody here this morning. It's going to be 76 degrees, and the grass hasn't started growing, but it's fabulous. So uh, it almost makes you want to live in Pittsburgh when you get a day like this. Oh, my goodness, and it's March. That's a bonus round. This is crazy. You know, Remind me again, what's what's bad about global warming? I can't seem to remember. Well, not enough time, wrong show. Speaking okay. of golf, first we had the final leg of, well, the March uh, Florida swing because uh, Valspar has been booted to the end of April. But... The Honda Classic wrapped up on Sunday. Matt Jones, making a birdie putt from 16 feet, had plenty of cushion, won by five shots, by I think. five, yeah. Five, yeah. The largest in tournament history, tying that mark set by Jack Nicklaus in 1977. And Camilo, I am a uh, grasshopper Vegas in 2010. It was a great finish. Uh, 40 years old from Australia, Gary. Pretty uh, pretty big win. Well, it was. I, I don't know what's more surprising that Matt Jones came out of the woodwork and won the Honda Classic, which normally has a pretty good feel. It wasn't as good this year, but the fact that he won is surprising. But he won by five. Nobody wins by – these guys are all so good. Nobody wins by five anymore. I mean – On a ridiculously yeah. hard – Golf course. Unless uh, your name, unless your first name rhymes with Liger, you don't win by eight shots or five shots. You know, so it was. Uh, the guy just had a career week, and you watch that, and you're thinking, it wasn't just if he. he you see how well he can play, and you're thinking this is how he's going to play all the time now. I mean, if he did, you got a guy who's top ten in the world. So I, he probably isn't going to. But that's the irony. Anytime you see. It's the cliche you always get when somebody wins who hasn't won a lot. They announce it always say, oh, the floodgates are going to open now. Well, yeah, but we just watched the guy play his best, absolute best golf, and nobody plays their absolute best golf all the time. In fact, you're lucky if you get a couple times a year. So we should never never read too much into uh, somebody like Matt Jones or some other player winning. But I hope he does because he's fun to watch. He plays quick. It was it was a good TV show. Yeah, it sure was. and. Um, again, he was, uh, he's, he's 40 years old from Australia. And as you noted, it's been, it's been seven years since his last win. 2014, I think it was the Houston open. And he had to jump on a plane to get to the masters. If I remember the next day. Yeah. He's, you know, he's in the masters again, so he'll have time to prepare. I mean, I don't know this. We're in the world where wagering is illegal now. Maybe uh, maybe old Matt Jones is a long shot worth putting a cup five bucks on. Just I don't even know what his odds are, but they got to be like 80 to 1, I would think, or, or higher. So I, I was impressed by the way Matt Jones plays. Who, who wouldn't be? He, he beat everybody by a bunch. So I, 
I, I, I applaud him, and I tip the cap, and he's 40. He's from Australia. I don't know how, for, how old is 40 in Australian years. I'm not sure, but, yeah, I hope he plays well. It, it was fun. It was fun to see him do well. Well, speaking of a guy playing well, who very few people probably recognized his name, Antoine Rosner beats Bryson DeChambeau. Biggest upset of the day yesterday, which, uh, yes, it was Wednesday. And, yes, the WGC Dell match play starts a day earlier. And uh, he won with a two-up victory over world number five. Pretty, well, pretty big, big stuff. I'm not sure I should admit this, but when he won in the Middle East two weeks ago, as far as I know, that's the first time I've heard his name. I don't know. I see one. I was like, who's this guy? And it turns out he's from France, uh, which immediately makes him like the, one of the top four best French golfers ever, which would be a good trivia question trying to name all four because it's, you know, once you get past Vandeville, it gets pretty hard. You got uh, Victor Dubisson. Victor Dubisson, who came and went, and Gregory Havret, who came and went. Uh, so I think I'm already putting this guy at least number two behind Vandeville. So, yeah, it's, hey, look, it's match play. Rosner's hot. He just came off a win, and I'm not sure that course in Austin is set up for a big hitter like like Bryson. And who knows, he may be in the middle of Masters preparation. He might not even, you know, be geared to win this week. I mean, I pros don't want to admit that, but a lot of them are, you know, they're fine-tuning for Augusta. So maybe that's how it goes, but... You know, the other guys are good, too. This guy was hot, and he just got outplayed. So uh, that's why the match play is fun. I don't like the format now with the round-robin thing. I, re- I know why they did it. And they, you get three days of TV with all the big names there. But it was so exciting before when, you know, Tiger and Phil would get beat in the second or third round. It seemed like every year. I mean, Tiger won a couple. But it's fun to me. It's That's the drama. It's, it's match play. You, you don't get a second chance. That's what makes it fun. I, I at least would like, if you're going to do this, at least have like a loser's bracket. So if you, you know, so when you lose a second match, then you can go home. Because these guys, there's, on, the, on Friday, there's too many just deadhead matches where a guy's playing, he can't possibly advance. So what am I doing here? It's like an exhibition for him. I don't think that's, that's great TV. But I, I like the original format with, you know, win and go home or lose and go home. Single elimination. But I, I would be willing to, figure out some kind of loser's bracket just so the winner of the loser's bracket could get in there at the end, too. I'd, I'd be okay with that. But, yeah, it's uh, match play is the mo- most fun way to watch golf, the Ryder Cup, the Solheim Cup. Uh, the team match plays is absolutely the best. Individual match play, you as amateur, th- those are always fun to watch because match play is personal. You know, when a guy doesn't give you a putt or does something, it it starts to annoy you. This is how we get feuds developed. This is how we get rivalries going. Guys start, you know, if something happens, they kind of get irritated at each other, and that's what it's that's what it's supposed to be. You're playing the other person. That's fun. And that, to me, this this turn was always the most exciting event for me on tour every year until they got rid of this single elimination. But I'll be watching on the weekend for sure. I agree. It's uh, golf's uh, attempt at uh... I guess their own March Madness with uh, groups and brackets. And like you said, um, you know, two out of three matches to get into the. Oh, yeah, I mean, try filling out brackets in the old days before they went to this 
you'd be lucky if you had anybody in the final eight. You know, you might have one or two of the – you think in basketball the better teams, you know, win. That's why they're seated. But in golf, I mean, anybody wins. You don't know who's going to win. Case in I, point. I, I know somebody – I'd be at the tournament, and somebody would always start a pool filling the brackets. And, you know, by the time you got to the semifinals, you know, nobody had anybody left. So it's, it's, it does not – it did not – lend itself to a bracket pool the way the NCAA tournament did, but I, I still, uh, it's fun. It's fun to, and I, I don't, match play doesn't identify the best player. It, you know, you only have to beat five guys to win the thing. Or, no, there's six matches. You have to win six matches, so. And most of the guys who, uh, when Tiger didn't win, most of the guys who did win, they never had to play Tiger. So what did it really, you know, what did it really prove? You didn't, you didn't really prove you are the best player, but Still, that's just that's just match play, and I, that's okay. It doesn't have to mean that. It doesn't have to mean be the ultimate tournament. It was just more exciting when it was do or die, and uh, that's that's the drama of match play. You don't get that in stroke play all the time. Sometimes you do when it's close, but match play you get it every match. Well, and for those who uh, don't recall, and certainly with um, all of us experiencing a little bit of COVID fog. Uh, Kevin Kisner was the winner in 2019. It was obviously canceled in 2020. But to your point about how you can be completely blown out of your bracket uh, in the old model, Matt Kuchar defeated Justin Thomas yesterday 3-2. and two. So JT would have been out in the uh, old format. Uh, Ian Poulter uh, kicked his, the butt on uh, his fellow... Uh, European teammate Rory McIlroy. Um, Rory announcing he's uh, got a new swing coach in his group, Gary. So uh, looks like he's he's trying to do everything he can uh, coming into the last few weeks before the Masters. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, he, he, yeah, he got he got off track. Clearly, he said he was chasing distance, which is which it tells you how. You know, insidious Bryson DeChambeau's power is that Rory, who's already, I think he led, I know he's led the tour in driving distance maybe in 2018. A guy who's already that long, is he's, even he is intimidated by Bryson's distance and decided he needed to hit it farther. Well, if he, you know, what about guys like Brian Harmon? What are they doing? If, if Rory felt overwhelmed by Bryson, how about everybody else? I mean, this is much like the Tiger effect. So, uh, in a weird way, Bryson D. Bryson DeChambeau not only did that power help his game, but it's like he's playing defense and hurting the other players' games because of how he does it. They're trying to they're trying to catch up with him in an arms race, and it set Rory back. So it's amazing. You would think pros would know better than that, but you know everybody's always trying to get better. I I get it, but it's intimidating when you see a guy hit a 375 in the U.S. Open. And you thought you were long into 340, and you're like, what the hell? It's like Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore's yeah. on the tour. Right. And he's, and he's Bryson DeChambeau, and he, and he can play. And he's a tap, 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 a he can, he can get the ball in the hole, too. He's, he, he's got one of the best short games on tour. That's the thing. He's not just a guy who hits a 380. No. He's a pretty good iron player, and he's excellent chipping and pitching. And his putting's pretty good. I mean, He's going to play game. game. He, he's, he's not going to go away. We're going to be, t- you know, and, and he's, he's now the number one attraction on the tour. Every week he plays, there's a story about him every day somewhere because he's the big show. He's Everyone's talking about him all the time. Like, 
much like Tiger or really a, a phenomenon, phenomenon that would be more similar would be John Daly coming out of nowhere to win the PGA and everybody was dazzled by his length and there was John Daly's story every day he went somewhere. Every day he played in the tournament. Somebody somewhere either wrote a story about him or, you know, he was on TV or Golf Channel or somebody. Uh, that's what Bryson's done. He's now the number one attraction on tour without Tiger being out there. So uh, the tour should ride that and take advantage of it, and he's, he's, a, he's a show worth watching. Absolutely, and uh, another player everybody's had their eyes on, and uh, he had a good day yesterday, so uh, he continues to build on his uh, recent finishes and trending upwards, Jordan Spieth, somebody you said could, could win this whole thing. He defeated Matthew Fitzpatrick, who, you know, he's been playing pretty good golf the last uh, few weeks himself. Uh, started out with uh, a three-up lead, and uh, really, you know, Fitzpatrick struggled the rest of the match. Well, the one thing we've learned from watching the Ryder Cup in match play is that it's all about getting the ball in the hole. If I, if I was the Ryder Cup captain, I would be picking the next five best putters on tour to be on the team because you got to make putts. That's how you win in match play. Uh, if you make putts, you're hard to beat in match play, no matter where you hit it. So, I think, and it looks, I mean, he looked good yesterday. Uh, I'm feeling like, and certainly his short game's back, his putting is back, he's, he's swinging his irons better. Uh, I'm thinking he, I might put a couple dollars down on, on George Spieth for the Masters. I'll have to see what his odds are, but I'm feeling like, I mean, there's a place where he's got room to spray the drives a little bit, and we already know he plays that course well. So I think Jordan is pretty close to being back, and it might be a good idea if you're going to bet on him to do it today. As he wins this tournament this week, that's probably going to lower his odds for the Masters because people go, oh, he's, he's winning again. So uh, that's my wagering suggestion. Bet Jordan speaks the Masters today before he wins the match play and ruins his odds. And, of course, if he loses today, don't call me. I'll call you. Well, we've had... You've had two great stories this week on the Morning Read, morningread.com. And one was Monday where you gave your mid-year book report. Can't believe we're mid-year through the wraparound season. Uh, I wish for the rest of us they would not call it that. It's so difficult to figure out where we are in the darn calendar. But you've clarified it for us and you know, what were uh, what are some of your other takes on the players as we uh, march towards Augusta? Well, uh, the official title was the it's, – it's, we're halfway there. It's a half of the season, and it's a vast season. So these are the half-vast awards. But you have to say that carefully because it sounds like something else. Half-vast. Half-vast. Got to be careful. Uh, no, it was fun to uh, go back and to go back and look at all the things that that happened. I mean, it's honestly because of Tiger's car accident, it's kind of hard to remember anything that's happened because that's all that's all we've been talking about for for a month. And you forget that Dustin Johnson won a major and made it look pretty easy. Um, the green jacket, hello. You, yeah, you forget that DeChambeau won a U.S. Open in this in this past season, which you don't expect the U.S. Open to be in September, but that's when he did it. Uh, and those two guys really, you know, that's really what put Bryson on the board as, I mean, he was already the guy they were talking about because he was sitting it so far. When he 
when he posted those pictures of his launch monitor that he carried it, that he hit it, flew it 400 yards. Uh, that got everyone's attention. But it, it's been a it's been an interesting year where Justin Thomas kind of played well and put his foot in his mouth and really got himself knocked off a kilter, and it's taken him a while to get back. And meanwhile, uh, we have all the comeback stories of Jordan Spieth, who seems to be on the way back, and Ricky Fowler, who still hasn't figured it out. And maybe he ought to remember, go, maybe he ought to go back to Butch and see what where'd my game go? Butch, I had my game when I worked with you. What happened? Where am I? Go back and see Butch. Ricky's got more commercials on TV than any other golfer. He's got three times as many. And uh, he hasn't been able to break an egg for a while. I mean, everybody likes this guy. He's the nicest guy on tour. You say that about a lot of people, but I'd, I'd say Ricky really is. So, I mean, there's nobody who's not rooting for Ricky Fowler. So, um, yeah, he's one of the you know, comeback story. Come back because his, his game kind of went south. And maybe, you know, you get distracted. You, you have, you know, you, in other cases, you get married, you have, a, you have kids, you have new priorities. And like Rory, it doesn't take much to put a little less time into your game or work on the wrong thing or develop a flaw that you don't catch. And next thing you know, you're finishing 27th instead of contending. So that's where Ricky is, and he needs to uh, he needs to get back. And the guy I root for every week, Gary, is Tony Finau. Speaking of another one of the nicest guys on tour, his only win, it's hard to believe, was Puerto Rico in 2016. Yeah, he's, he's been on a Ryder Cup team, and his only win was an opposite field of that. I mean, figure that Crazy. out. So he, he's, a, he's a money machine. He's a great, but he's got power. He's a great ball striker and pretty good chipper. He's not not much of a putter, not much of a clutch putter. I and mean, I really thought he was going to win, and you know, thought he was going to win the LA Open, the Genesis is called now, and uh, and he just didn't get it done in a playoff. But gosh, he's uh, he's too good not to win. But it, these guys are also good. You have to be. To win on tour, you have to be either a great putter or you have to have a really good putting week. Yeah. Because somebody, somebody on tour is going to ten guys on tour are having the putting week of the year, so you gotta you gotta make some putts to compete with them. And that's that's Tony's weak spot. He's, he doesn't make a lot of doesn't make as many putts from ten feet as the other guys. So it's hard to ball strike the ball, ball strike it better than everybody else because they're all so good to make up for not making those putts. He's kind of like Jason Duffner. He had the same problem. He wasn't a great putter. Really struggled on the short putts. It was hard for him to, you know, you have to play like Ben Hogan to, to beat everybody if you're not going to make putts. So I, hopefully he can find a putting guru and get just a little bit better because he's so close. He is, and he's, you know, he's got that demeanor. Uh, I don't think he's going to run out of patience with himself as, you know, other players might do or, you know, get frustrated and, uh, you know, start uh, using the snail grip to get the ball in the hole like we saw that crazy pro doing uh, the wasted management back in February. But as you pointed out, he's made $22 million in seven seasons. Uh, most of the rest of uh, the pros would take that uh, in a heartbeat, as you said. Yeah, I, you know, hey, I'd take half of that. I'd be pretty happy, you know. I'd take a mill. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't want. I thought I'd set the bar high. You know. <laughs> um, if I don't have ten million, what am I going to do with ten million? I really got to have eleven. Well, uh, one thing I know you know better than anybody is uh, everything 
about the Green Jacket, Augusta National, pimento sandwiches, and all the rest of the things that go with the traditions of the Masters. And you've got today a fantastic trivia quiz, which I recommend all my listeners to go try, maybe after you've had an adult beverage. Um, but it's it's really fun with a lot of great questions, and uh, that's on the morning read this morning. Give give my listeners a, a little flavor, if you will. Well, uh, one of the questions is who actually built the bridge uh, at Amen Corner from 12th Green to over to 13T? Who actually built the bridge um, across Ray's Creek? And the choices are. Uh, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, the Fighting Seabees, German POWs from Rommel's Panzer Division, and I don't remember the fourth one because uh, that wasn't the answer. Lawrence so, Welk and his orchestra. Lawrence Welk was a funny answer. Okay, yes. Lawrence Welk and his orchestra. Yeah, well, it wasn't Lawrence <laughs> Welk. There's a one and a two. Uh, no, well, the answer is German, German POWs from Rommel's Panzer Division. Apparently, some German German POWs were being held at Fort or uh, Fort Fort or Fort Gordon in, in Augusta. There's an army base there, and they, these guys were there, and they were engineers, so they knew how to build it. And I don't know how they cut the deal, but how Augusta found out, Augusta National found out. But these guys are there; they needed something to do, and it's like, well, they don't come out. So they built the bridge. And I'm not sure if it's the one across the Race Creek from the Green or from the 13th in front of the 13th green across Race Creek to the fairway, but they built the original the original wooden bridge was built by German prisoners of war who served under Rommel. So, what, I mean, it's just, it's one of those trivia things that once you hear it, you can never forget it because you're going, you just don't think Rommel's guys ever made it to Augusta National. It right. Just, they just didn't really fit, you know, I, you figure they really didn't get past Pinehurst much, you know, so that's what's the, the surprise. Usually Pinehurst is like they got, you know, if all those courses there, it's kind of a blockade. But no, these guys got all the way past and invaded Augusta and were captured. And, uh, no, I, it, it's, it's, a fun, it's a fun fact. It's pretty well known. Uh, there was another question. I forget exactly what it was, but it was, it was from a story that Scott Michaud just recently did, I think for the Augusta newspaper, Augusta.com, but it was like, in the late 50s and early 60s, they started a big parade in Augusta. That was Masters a great week. story. Who knew? That was a great story. Scott Michelle, Google it. Read that. You're going, yeah, they decided parades were the way to go to get some TV exposure and some attention. So I had this big parade. There's all these crazy floats. They had a Miss Golf beauty pageant, yes. which, you know, was yes. completely sexist. <laughs> and they did that from, like, 57 to 64. And the photos with the story were were just priceless. And, you know, and the pros are there. They have the pros riding in these cars. They're part of the parade, like the Rose Bowl. Imagine the Rose Bowl parade, and here's Hogan in one car. Here's Nelson. Unbelievable. Goosebumps. It's hard to even picture that, and I don't I don't think I knew any of that. So that was uh, – I tip my hat to Scott Michaud for digging that up, and, you know, whoever really the photos were up made it. I mean, it's an interesting story. Don't get me wrong, but – you're looking at those photos, and they're exactly what you would picture. It's a bathing beauty standing next to Arnold Palmer, who's kind of awkwardly like, well, what are we, why am I here? Kind of a, you know, it's fantastic stuff. That was that was one of my quiz questions. And, oh, the question was, what did the uh, Fort Gordon Library, what was their float? And there were three, three reasonably 
possible answers. And then, of course, the correct answer was was D. They had a float in which uh, Satan was trying to hit a golf shot out of a bunker. I don't know why. There's probably a story just behind that. I, I don't know. I'm just visualized like who, who's the, who at the what librarian thought of that? What book has she been reading? <laughs> oh my goodness! What? Yeah. What? what? Well, I won't say what was she smoking, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. So you got Satan hitting out of a bunker, and you got Rommel's Panzer Division and Aim in Corner. So that's what you got in store for you in this quiz. It's a lot of fun. You know, no, it, real tri- a lot of trivia. It's hard to have a good trivia question. So when you hear a trivia question, it, a good one makes you think, oh, I should know that, like about an episode of Friends or something. I should know that. Or alternatively, the question is so bizarre, you're like, Oh, I have no idea what that is, but I, can't, I, I really want to know what the answer is. Like the, the German POW question, like, I don't know the answer, but these, these choices are crazy. can't be any of them. I want to know what it is. And so that's, you've got a lot of stuff that you couldn't really know, but hopefully the choices are so entertaining. You're going, are you kidding me? This, none of these can, none of these are right. Yeah. It's, so it's, that's, that's the idea. It's really fun. And um, I, uh, before we we started, I went two for five in the correct column, Gary. So uh, I look forward to doing the rest of the quiz. Well, it, I feel I feel pretty proud that I, I was able to fool a crafty crystal veteran such as yourself. Well, and I will say I should get extra bonus points because I did get the number one question, which was German POWs. Yeah, good for you. Uh, that that's a that's a good one. I mean. Uh, it really, of the of the four choices, that's your third choice. I mean, I think I think Panzer Division is ahead of Lawrence Well, <laughs> but you would think it's one of the other two. If you're like, well, I, I wouldn't know why the Army Corps of Engineers would be there, but these other, it can't be Lawrence Well, so it must be this one. But no, it's the German POWs. Well, um, all I can say is it gets a lot tougher, and there there aren't as many gimmies as as Lawrence Welk and his orchestra. So. Uh, I recommend all my listeners to go check it out. Gary Van Sickle, The Morning Read, his master's quiz today. And if you don't get The Morning Read, you can sign up for free and get it every morning, Monday through Friday, along with your uh, cup of joe. Van Sickle, TheMorningRead.com. Thank you so much, my friend. Hit him straight. Anytime.